Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I'm glad to be back at you again. Happy Thursday. Uh, If you're new here, uh, this is a podcast dedicated to Christian men inside of recovery to live an awesome, spirit-filled life. And so if that is you, then welcome. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to check out the link that is in the description, and that will take you to our GCR groups information about that, and you have the opportunity to jump on a call with me and see if you might be a good fit for those groups. If you're looking for support, uh, encouragement and support, uh, or you're looking to be an encouragement and support to other men, then uh, that is definitely the spot for you. So we're going back to our regularly scheduled program. So we are in Luke chapter 6. We took a couple days off, three days off. Uh, A lot of times I get... um, uh, inspiration that doesn't uh, that just doesn't flow with you know the topic at hand, and so I go and I run with that, and then I'll come back to the um, to our study and what we're doing. So that's what took place there. Uh, Luke chapter six, verse forty-one. If you're following along, um, we have went from chapter one to chapter six, and that's where we are. Verse forty-one. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, "Why beholdest this? I, you know, I read in the in the uh, King King James. I do this uh, for multiple reasons, but the apps that I have connected to the Greek and uh, Hebrew dictionaries are connected with the um, the King James version. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and you don't perceive the beam that is in your own eye?" And Jesus says, you hypocrite, verse 42, cast out first, say that with me if you're listening, cast out first, cast out first, the beam out of your own eye. And so the message that I want to bring to you is highly related to recovery, and it's the idea of having a beam in your eye, a beam in your eye. And... um, the main message of this passage here is that, um, brothers, you got to help yourself first. You've got to help yourself first. Now, at first glance, you might say, you know, that sounds like selfish, like, you know, for, for you to help yourself first. But uh, as you listen to the rest of this uh, message, I think you're going to agree what with uh, with what is being said here, because Jesus said that cast out first the beam that is in your own eye, and so there is this spiritual idea of helping yourself first. And when it comes to recovery, when it comes to life. Um, this is exactly what needs to take place. And I want you to think about it this way, that we have these four areas of our life, family, faith, fitness, and finance. And um, for us to be able to be of assistance to anybody, um, there must be a certain level taking place in our own lives first. 
let's take it to our marriages first. That if I'm to offer any assistance or any help, I personally must be putting into practice um, some principles, some things that are working inside of my marriage. And the reality is, is that we're not going to take advice from somebody who is on their fourth marriage and is getting a divorce because they might have a, a knowledge. They might have a good education on what not to do. Uh, but what they don't have is the, the, the principles and the application uh, of results. You see, when we look for a marriage counselor, um, I don't know if, you know, if I was getting marriage counseling, there were certain, there would be certain requirements that I might have. The first requirement is that you wouldn't be a new booty. And what that means is you, you wouldn't be young uh, and inexperienced and book smart. My second thing would be you would have to be married yourself. To be able to really give advice and know and understand, uh, you would have to be able to to be married yourself. So there's certain certain things. Now, now Jesus was saying this that we need to deal with the areas of our life first, and that is that we take the beam out of our own eye and see the the areas that need improvement. So just like we wouldn't take advice from, you know, somebody who hasn't been married or, or multiple, multiple divorces and on their next divorce and, and have this scatteredness of, of broken relationships, we just wouldn't take advice from people like that. And so the same thing is true in business is that, you know, if we want to give sound business advice, we must um, know how to make money. We must know how to invest and do do certain things. There's just there's certain people that you just wouldn't take business advice from, right? Uh, multiple multiple failed businesses, bankrupt in bankruptcy, and everything crashing around. You just like you could probably give me advice on what not to do, but you couldn't give me advice about wisdom and application and getting results and success because you don't have it. And so it's like the swim coach who doesn't know how to swim. It's like the, the marketing coach that don't know how to market. And so we just naturally wouldn't take advice from these people. So the bottom line is, is this, is that we got to help ourselves first. And that is we look at our lives and say, you know what? I want, a, I want an awesome marriage. I want positive relationships. I want to be filled with mission, passion, and purpose. Uh, I want a relationship with God that is, that is on fire. And, um, you know, I want these areas of my life to begin to rock it. And once we begin to do that from an overflow, we can begin to help other men. And that is a, a awesome reality. So taking care of your own recovery first is what gives you the power to help others. Like the old timer said, you can't, can't keep what you have unless you give it away, but you can't give away something that you do not have. And I think that's what uh, uh, Peter probably meant is such as I have, I give you because he had it on the inside of him. It was living, it was active, it was powerful on the inside of him, so he was able to give it away. Um, but sometimes we, 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 we take the role 
of a hypocrite. And we're trying to give away something that we don't have. Like if you asked me to be a fitness coach, I'd be walking in extreme hypocrisy, right? Uh, I can uh, operate pretty good at nutrition, but I don't operate very well at uh, uh, at exercise, right? And so if you asked me to be your exercise coach, I could probably fake it until I make it, and and uh, but you would uh, you would look at me and you would <laughs> you would know that I wasn't putting into practice the good things that I'm talking about. And so these, uh, this is exactly, so take care of your own recovery first. And that is that we begin to walk it out. We begin to get it inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. And from that overflow, we can help other people. You see, there's no way that I can, I can help the people, the men that I'm helping now. And, and the groups and this podcast and the mindset and the vision that I have and, and all of these things, if I wasn't beginning to walk in those things myself. And so I must feed myself first. This is a biblical principle. Where was Jesus after, you know, a long day in the multitudes? What was he doing? He was there uh, alone and he went up to the mountain in solitude to pray and to fill himself up. Because, you know, we have this mentality that we're, um, that we're going to give to everybody else. And so we give, 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 give. But what we fail to do sometimes is give to ourselves and to fill up our tank once again. And then all of a sudden we are empty. We don't have nothing left to give. There's nothing there. Because we haven't had the idea of that I must help myself first. And everything that I do in my life is going to be from an overflow of what I'm doing in my life. You see, once I begin to get my mindset right, once I get, begin to get my spirit filled, once I begin to you know, walk out these powerful realities, I start living in a super abundance. And it begins to overflow to other people. You see, we have to learn it before we can live it. And that is understanding that we must get certain principles down. There's certain activities, there's certain habits, certain mindsets, certain essentials that we need to begin to manifest and to walk it out. And once I begin to learn it, I can begin to live it. And then after I'm living it and it's manifesting some results inside of my life, then I can lead it. And those are the most effective leaders today because they have, uh, they have the principles, they have seen it, and they begin to put it into practice in their daily lives, and now they can lead it from a place of power and a place of example. You see, God takes us through that process to learn it, live it, and then lead it. And the way it's manifested in the Bible is that we, we thoroughly understand what Christ did for us. And that is the whole effects of the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, that we thoroughly understand the love of God and that we take it inside of us and that we believe it and we hold on to it. That's the learning part. And then the next part is Christ in you. That's the live it part where he begins to manifest his grace and his power and his operation inside of our hearts and inside of our lives. And then what is next? Christ through you. So Christ for you, Christ in you, and Christ through you.
And that is the process that God wants to begin to operate in our lives. But what we have is a lot of men that want to manifest Christ through them. But they haven't got down the Christ for you part. They haven't got down the Christ in you part. And so it's, it's a walk of, of shame and hypocrisy. When we tried to lead it without living it, things don't go so well. They don't go so well inside of our hearts because we know that uh, our, you know, our hearts and our minds are are convicting us and uh, telling us that uh, you know we're walking in the opposite, and therefore there's this there's this shame and, and and guilt involved with that. But then there's this hypocrisy of not not getting it inside of you first. So the progress goes like this. You recognize the log in your own eye. And that is that I have a boom, log in the eye, log in the eye. And I, I recognize and I'll be honest about it and I'll face the truth about my log. This is my log. It's in my eye. And that is the, the shortcomings that we have. Uh, we must be able to w- look at them and tell the truth. Because here's the reality of it, is that everybody else sees the log. I mean, it's sticking out of your eye. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty evident. We're, we're the only ones that are sometimes blind to it. And um, so facing the truth and facing reality about the log is the first step. If you've been around in recovery circles, you know that coming out of fantasy land and coming into reality is always the first step. And so it's recognizing, it's telling the truth, it's be honest. This is my log. And then because I begin to recognize and be honest, that I can remove that log by changing my mindset. Because, you know, a lot of times we think this log is beneficial. We think this big old thing sticking out of our head is beneficial to us. And then it's bringing us great pleasure and we have great joy and all of this stuff inside of this log. Not understanding that we need to change our mindsets because, because we're under illusion. And it's always an illusion. Uh, temptation, uh, shortcoming sin, it's always an illusion. It always looks pretty. It always looks shiny and attractive. If, if it didn't, it wouldn't be temptation. But then when we get down to it, it's, it's a cheap substitute. It's like the neighborhood clucker coming to you with a nice Rolex and saying, look at this shiny Rolex. I'll sell it to you for $20. And you know good well it's worth $2,500 to $10,000, right? And it's this shiny object is too good to be true, and it's and it's enticing. And you go ahead and 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 pay the money, and buy it. And then, of course, to find out it's a counterfeit. And this takes place in every single area of our life. And this is the way temptation works. It's enticing. It's shining. Uh, it produces endorphins inside of our our brain and chemical reactions. And it produces some sort of relief, pleasure, comfort, all of these good things, only to find out 
it's a counterfeit. And what begins to happen is the, the, we have a lot of problems and then we start seeking solutions and addiction, sedations and all of these things. And then we find out that it's a counterfeit and it only adds to our problems and things become worse and worse and they begin to snowball. And so first is changing, uh, uh, second is changing your mindset concerning the behavior. And here's what leads to step three, which is a powerful reality that you are now able to see clearly to help your brother. Why? Because you recognize the truth. You're honest with yourself. You've seen the log. You've seen the, the true nature of the log, the consequences and the effects of it. And you said, I'm changing my mindset because the current belief that I have is not working for me. It's not getting me the results that I want. And then now I can help my brother. Why? Because I can see. I got clarity. I got vision. Things are getting, begin to go in on inside of my mind. Now I got revelation. Now I got all these things going on because I'm no longer, my vision is no longer obstructed by this log. My clarity is no longer obstructed by this log. And now we can see clearly because we've now been given revelation. And it all starts with accepting the truth and be willing to change our mindset. And then we can come to the point of helping our brothers because we can see clearly. So we know that we can't give away something that we don't have. You see, if we want to give revelation, we must receive revelation and begin to walk inside of it. And if we have the log, then we have no clarity and we have no revelation to give. So the detrimental cycle goes the complete opposite. And it's what Jesus talked about here is that we have a big log in our eye. And what it is, is that we are not willing to be honest. We're not willing to be vulnerable. We're not willing to talk about it. We're not willing to face it. And so what it is, is a denial of the problem. We are unwilling to face our issues. I'm unwilling to face this situation. I'm unwilling to face this addiction. Therefore, the log is right here in my eye. So what begins to happen is we go into step two. Instead of confronting and challenging the negative beliefs, we, we settle into the mindset and all of a sudden we begin to make excuses and rationalize these beliefs as gospel. We'll even find little scriptures to back it up. Like I got a thorn in my side or, you know, God, uh, God is allowing this to happen and he, and he wants this to stay in my life and all of these different rationalizations and justifications. And what begins to happen is we don't have no clarity because we're unwilling to face the truth. We don't have any revelation. We don't have any vision. The only thing that we have is excuses. And this leads to the third step, 
that we see a detrimental behavior inside of our brother. You know, this is because we, um, instead of dealing with our own problems, we start seeing the problem in other people. And we go about trying to fix other people and we're not fixing ourselves. Which leads us to step four. We are like a surgeon, a blind surgeon offering assistance. I don't know about you, but if I was going to have surgery, I wouldn't pick a blind surgeon. And that's what begins to take place if we follow this detrimental mindset and uh, are unwilling to face the truth. What happens? What do you think is going to happen to you if you allow a blind surgeon to work on you? Things are not going to turn out so well. So once we are standing on solid ground ourselves, once we begin to face the truth and begin to uh, get these uh, this, the, this power and this grace of the Spirit begin to operate in our lives, we step off the quicksand. But then we see a brother walking by and he is in the quicksand. And because I have faced the truth and because I've walked in honesty and clarity, I could reach down my hand and begin to help pull a brother out. But if I'm unwilling to face the truth, then this negative cycle comes in that I am in the quicksand myself and I see my brother in the quicksand and I'm over there trying to help him, but I am sinking and drowning myself. And this is where this, this savior complex comes in. That we're off to save the world, but what needs saving is our family, faith, fitness, and finances because they're going down the tubes fast. See, we can't help the poor if we are the poor. And we can't help the, the afflicted if we are the afflicted. And so God wants us to begin to, to walk in this power, to face the truth, get revelation, get clarity, walk this thing out. And the bottom line is Christ for you, Christ in you, and Christ through you. And these are powerful, powerful truths, brother. Powerful truths. So I want you to look at your life, your family, faith, fitness, and finance, and ask yourself, Am I learning it? Am I living it? And am I leading it? And the areas where you are not living it have a renewed sense of commitment today that I am going to be the leader. I'm going to be the leader in my house. I'm going to be the leader of my heart, my mindset, my belief system. I am going to be the leader inside of my life. And that means that I'm going to remove the log. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be vulnerable with other men. I'm going to tell the truth. Instead of lying, I'm going to be honest about what is going on so I can get some clarity, so I can get some revelation, so I can begin to break free. What does the Bible say? You shall know the truth.
And that is not some concept or idea. It's experimental knowledge with the truth himself, that God is truth. And that I'm going to experience the reality of that truth, and I'm going to begin to tell the truth. And that is a powerful reality. I will see you tomorrow, brothers. Peace.